Sumner Studios. W-A-S-U. Boom. Pulls up, three-pointer. Bang! Bang! It's good! Wins the game at the buzzer! Pass is caught! Diggs! Sideline! Touchdown! Unbelievable! Gives it to Jenkins for the championship! And Baez sends it deep to left! Pagan is there at the wall and it's in the basket! He's got his J-Bag, folks, and the eye of the tiger! It's time for Sports Wrap on 90.5 WASU-FM. You heard the man himself, Garrett Davenport, introducing Sports Wrap here on 90.5 WASU-FM. Sports Wrap brought to you by our good friends at Eggers Law Firm. It's me, Noah Thompson, with Stephen Biddix and Cooper Govero here on this lovely frozen rain Thursday afternoon. I mean, you couldn't wish for a better day in Boone, North Carolina. Right, fellas? Yeah, that's definitely how it goes around here most of the time. We're trying to stay warm. Yeah, there's nothing like stepping outside on your front porch and worried about slipping and falling. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. I mean, it it happened to me once already today. I (laughs) I busted it going down to my car. So, hey, it is what it is. Uh, We're glad to be with you here. We're blessed to be here. It's it's uh, another week of sports, and the first things first. Right off the press, Carson Wentz out of Philadelphia and into Indianapolis. How do we feel about this trade? I think. I think it's really good for both sides because I think the Eagles, it was one of those we-need-to-get-rid-of-him type of deals. You know, the Eagles had to get rid of Wentz. He wasn't their guy anymore, obviously. Jalen Hurts is their guy. And I think after Phillip Rivers you know, is gone now, Jacoby Brissett is not the guy for Indianapolis. He is just not the guy. And I think it's a really good trade for uh, for Indianapolis because he inherits a really good offensive line, something that he has not had the chance to have in Philadelphia since really since he won the Super Bowl and the only two notable offensive linemen that I can think of would be Lane Johnson and Brandon Brooks so yeah yeah I think it was a great trade for both sides as well Uh, Carson Wentz finally got out of Philly which he's been looking to do for a little bit now since his fallout with Doug Peterson in the front office Mm -hmm. and also if you're Frank Reich you can't be much happier because you're getting your quarterback who you were leading to what seemed like an MVP season where he ended up winning the Super Bowl even Mm -hmm. though he got hurt and Nick Foles did it Frank Wright knows Carson Wentz. He got the best out of Carson Wentz, and he's actually going to have a quarterback now that can move around a little bit because Phillip Rivers might be the most immobile quarterback in the NFL since Eli Manning retired. And from Philly's side, they're going to take a big cap hit, but they're kind of restarting, and they're going to build around Jalen Hurts, and they've made that obvious now. So Carson Wentz to Indianapolis for a third-round pick and a 2022 second-round pick that could turn into a first-round first, pick yeah. if the Colts make the playoffs. So that's, I mean, that's pretty enticing in itself. If you know the Colts were in the playoffs now, they I don't necessarily think they downgraded that quarterback. I don't think so. Carson Wentz is not a bad quarterback. No. no. And you you get a guy like Carson Wentz who can get out of sacks. He's good on the run. Yeah. He, he's definitely not as good in the pocket as Phillip Rivers. Phillip yeah. Rivers is fantastic from the pocket. And you got good weapons. You got uh, Porter Ju- or Pitt, Michael Pittman Michael Jr. Yeah. And, and then, you know T. Y. Hilton if he comes back. You got mm-hmm. a good run game and a good offensive line. Yeah. Their defense isn't bad either. No. So they're. I mean, if you're looking at the AFC South, they're still top of the division. Right there team. with the Titans. Yeah. Right there. So. 
bit. What do you what do you like in in Indy? What's the crystal ball for this team with Carson Wentz there now? What what happens in Indy? Yeah, I'm going to announce that Indy's Super Bowl window is now officially open because I think it is. They've got the whole squad. They've got t- top 10 defense, top 5 arguably. They've got great weapons. The development of Jonathan Taylor along with Naeem Hines coming out of the backfield. Great duo, one of the best in the NFL. And yeah, I, so I think this is going to work out great for Indianapolis. And they already made the playoffs last year, and it kind of just seems like they're upgrading in my opinion. I think you're a little strong on the Super Bowl, but I do agree that they can make the playoffs easily. They still are missing, I'm sorry, T.Y. Hilton, he's getting old, man. He's not having, he's not very productive anymore. He always gets productive versus the Texans, though, for some reason. Um, and Pittman is a really good young guy, but they just, they're not the, like, they don't have a three-headed monster yet. They don't have, like, wide receiver, quarterback, running back. Yeah, I agree. They have a great running back core. But I think it's, my crystal ball is definitely playoffs, like I already said. But Super Bowl, absolutely not. Yeah, I, th- I think if... I like to take, and mm-hmm. I, I definitely think it's possible if the run game is established, like, and I mean very efficient. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it can be. Those two backs are really, really, really good. good. And Carson Wentz can run the ball. If they can run an option with Carson Wentz, like he's mobile. He's mobile enough to run a play a zone read sure. type offense. Yeah. Sure. He's definitely not going to be the Deshaun Watson, Lamar Jackson, Cam Newtons, but Mm-mm. he's definitely mobile enough to where he can sneak in a zone read, yeah. pick up first downs. He can he can punch the ball in the end zone. So if you establish the run in Indianapolis, that's going to open up a lot oh, of yeah. things for Carson Wentz and make him comfortable. So I think if the run game's good, that's a very big possibility. Mm-hmm. Yeah, another thing with Indy this year, which will be interesting to see, is Carson Wentz also has never been – well, once he had his fallout in Philadelphia, he was on the sidelines in street clothes, wasn't even dressing. His leadership was called into play. So it'll also be interesting to see how mm-hmm. Indy moves from such a great leader and one of the best guys at the line in Philip Rivers to Carson yep. Wentz, and that's definitely something to keep an eye on. No, for sure, yeah. And, and keep in mind as well, Philip Rivers was, was only there for a year, mm-hmm. but his impact there made it seem like he'd been there for a while. Because he knows what he's doing Absolutely. Now, yeah. And, you know, even though it was a transition-type year, got to the playoffs, and, I mean, it's... To me, with with what Philip Rivers did in Indy in one year, mm-hmm. is very promising to what Carson Wentz can do for maybe the rest of his career. I, yeah. yeah. Do you, okay. So, question: Do you guys think Carson Wentz has a career like or a, you know career year, or do you think it takes some time to get settled in and into this system? What do you? I think, yeah, I think I think this first season he'll put up like good numbers, but I think the next season after that'll be so even too. better because think... like there's always an adjustment period. Absolutely, and yeah. especially like with the way his mental is right now and kind of the last season he's gone mm-hmm. through, he's just looking at a fresh start. He's going to be excited to get out there, but it yes. is going to take him that season to get used to. It. Even though it is going back to Frank Reich's system, which yeah. he knows, it's still going to take a year getting used to the new players mm-hmm. and also not getting chased around all the time because you now have the best <laughs> offensive line. Yeah, in the that's NFL. true. Yeah, their, their offensive line is is fantastic, and and I think that is a. St- Staple for okay. If your run game is ready, then you then you guys can be productive. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so I mean, Indianapolis will be scary, especially in the AFC. And if think about this, if if they run into or if Kansas City's like we have to run into Indianapolis in our first round of the playoffs, the second round, if they consider they have a bye, yeah, that's not a team I want to play. The Colts, no. the Colts no. would not be a matchup that I would be. No. Oh. Let's let's go kick some tail. Like, that's, that's true. That's you know, true. Like, yeah. They're a team that's okay. I don't want to run into them. No. Like there's playoff. There's teams in in the playoffs. Like the Bills and Chiefs were a perfect example yeah. last year. The Chiefs knew they wanted to play the Bills. Like yeah. they they matched up very well and against they, them, yeah. and they knew that that was they could win that game. The yeah. Colts, you never know what you're getting out of they them. They can make and a run. And you throw in Carson Wentz. I mean, 
I, I like it. Yeah, and don't forget, Buffalo only beat them 27-24 in the first round of the playoffs. That's that was true. a tight game. It was not con- a convincing win at all for Buffalo. Mm-hmm. No, there was a few questionable, questionable calls in that game, but yeah, I do think that game could have really went either way, and it pains me to say it because, as you know, Noah, as a Texans fan, we get, we, we get them twice a year every year, so it pains me to say it, but I think finally some teams are, other than the Texans are winning in the South, and it's, it's definitely Indianapolis is looking scary. So between the two, between getting rid of the deal and taking on some picks and getting potentially your franchise quarterback for the next however long, whatever, who won the trade? I'm going Indianapolis because, in my opinion, all they needed for that team mm-hmm. was a quarterback. Mm-hmm. They have the weapons. They have the offensive line. They have the defense, in my opinion. So I'm going to go Indianapolis for that. Because then another reason why is there were rumors going around reported by Adam Schefter that the Philadelphia Eagles wanted a Matthew Stafford-like trade mm-hmm. package at one point that was going around, and they did not get anything no. near that at all. Yeah, I definitely think I agree. I think Indianapolis won that. But I also think that Philly couldn't have won that trade just because they knew they couldn't get a Stafford-like deal, and they didn't. And I think it comes down to, well, they won it in their eyes because they got rid of what they needed to get rid of. They did take a cap hit, like you said, which you got to do in the business. But if you want to win football games in the long run, you got to do things that need to be done, and that's getting rid of a guy who doesn't want to be there. And I think the reason it matched up so well to take the cap hit is because your quarterback's on a rookie deal. Yeah. And he's not going to be asking for money anytime soon. No. Yeah. And a second-round rookie deal. Absolutely. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. second-round rookie deal. So, what, four years, like, um, very minimal. Like, you're not, yeah. you're, you're, not, you're not hurting, you know. And the time, if you're in Philadelphia, it's a good segue. Crystal ball for Philadelphia. If you're in, if you're in Philly right now, the time to win is now. A rookie deal quarterback mm-hmm. is cheap. It's practically free. Given yeah, to pretty you. much. Yeah. It's given to you. So <laughs> you build around what you have, right? Mm-hmm. And, and Philly doesn't have any weapons other than Rager, who's also a rookie. Yeah. No. Go get go get him some help. help. And and your offensive line make it better. Jalen Hurts was very fun to watch against the Packers. Was one of the best games I watched. Oh yeah. He was he was fantastic. You know, before they took him out against Washington and the, in the, against the team mm-hmm. in, in their last game where he ran for two touchdowns, mm-hmm. I mean, Jalen Hurts has very, very bright upside. Mm-hmm. Now, Philly, knowing Philly, I don't know how well they're going to build around Jalen Hurts. <laughs> yeah, that's true. <laughs> so I think it could work, but I don't know if it will. What's the crystal ball in Philly for you guys? So I think Philly has – and it's, it's weird because I think Philly has a good chance – to compete in the NFC least, as I call it, because the NFC East is just has been for a while, just kind of like. Well, I mean, I think the team that won went six and nine, or you know, six and six seven and, and seven, seven and nine. Seven okay, and nine. seven and nine. Yeah. They didn't. They weren't five hundred. Hey, you can't disrespect the Washington football team like that. Okay. Oh, I kind of <laughs> will, just because they did, they weren't five hundred. So. Um, you you win a division not 500 that gives Philadelphia a chance that gives Philadelphia a chance to maybe sneak into a wild card spot if one team does play well or I'm not like throwing all the chips in their basket and saying ah, they'll make the playoffs but I mean if they do get some weapons if they do build that line maybe they can get second or sneak in and be a dark horse at first in the NFC least yeah, looking into my crystal ball I'm seeing around five and eleven next year maybe six and ten on the high side because 
mm-hmm. we only saw what five or six games from Jalen Hurts, and this is a big thing, especially in baseball too. When young players come in, they're going to take over the league because nobody knows how to play against them. Defenses don't know how to scheme against Jalen Hurts. Now that they have some tape on him, he's going into his second year. Defenses are going to know maybe more how to stop him more. So it's going to be interesting to see if he can bounce back and if he can take that next step into becoming a franchise quarterback and not just going out there and surprising everybody because I've never seen him before. But another thing, speaking on what you guys are saying about their weapons, is if you look over the last couple of seasons, their wide receivers are never healthy. Mm-hmm. When's the last time you've seen Deshaun Jackson and Alshon Jeffrey play a game at the same time together? I don't know if I have. I can't tell you a season that Alshon Jeffrey's played more than five games in the last three or four years for Since the Philadelphia the Super Bowl, Eagles. Yeah. yeah. So that's a big thing. Besides just getting weapons, you need to get weapons that are consistent. Because Carson Wentz was going through different people all the time with Travis, Travis Fulgham and Greg Ward Jr. being his starting wide receivers at one point. So they do need to get some consistency in the wide receiver spot, too. And that's that's the help he needs. Like, mm-hmm. you know, we, we obviously just talked about it. And I here's the, here's the thing about the my crystal ball. I think they win the division, right? I, I'm there and it's 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 literally you could throw a shot in the dark. You don't have to be five hundred to win that division. Between any of these <laughs> any of these teams. But let's think about this. Washington's building something good. I believe yeah. I believe in Rodgers. That front seven scary. And, and, yeah. and I really do think if they are a quarterback away from from being very, very yeah. scary. Okay. And, and so whether that's someone like Cam Newton or I don't, someone who signs in free agency, mm-hmm. right? They're, they're not, they're not going to win the Super Bowl. No, no. Not, not by any means. But if, if they're a quarterback away from winning the division, Washington is, Yeah, right? I think so. Yeah. so and it's a dumpster fire in New York. Yeah. Dallas, who knows who wants to be in Dallas? Yeah, that's true. So Philly, all right, you have a rookie quarterback on, a, on, a, on his rookie deal. Cheap. Who, who is electric. Mm-hmm. I mean, can make anything happen. Who is the most... Comparable player to Lamar Jackson in the NFL. Got to be Jalen Hurts. Yeah, I guess so. I mean, I guess. It's got to be yeah. Jalen Hurts. And so my Put thing is with there. that, how do you prepare against Lamar Jackson? You have to be ready for the read option. Absolutely. You have to be ready for him to run. Who like, has a better arm, Lamar Jackson or Jalen Hurts? Oh, Jalen Hurts Jalen has Hurts. a better arm for That's sure. That's scary to me. Very scary. And, and I, like, I like what Jalen Hurts can offer to the table in Philadelphia. And that's a huge archetype that is coming into the league. Like, you have to be able to run Absolutely. as a quarterback. You like now, you better be getting like thirty to fifty rushing yards at least a game. Absolutely. And now, absolutely. And he offers that. Hey, man, we have to game plan, read option. He can tuck the ball in this pass, and you know that w- might open some opportunities for his mediocre receivers to get open. Actually, and. I, I think Dallas Goddard is a really good tight end. He played. He filled in for. Um, I'm blanking right now. He filled in for their starting tight end this year. And, Ertz, uh, yeah. Oh, yes, I yeah. Ertz. And I, th- I think they definitely could make something happen. Uh, Crystal Ball could go one of two ways, though. That's the thing. Yeah. It really all depends on what happens in Washington. Yeah. If Taylor Heineke is the starting quarterback in Washington, mm. now I don't know. He he's definitely not. Bad. We saw no. what he did in the playoffs. Yeah, he's not bad. He led his team. He, yeah. he led his team to a chance. Yeah. Right? Now, can he consistently win 9, 10, 11 games? Probably not. Mm-hmm. Can a guy like Cam Newton? Yes. He can. Mm-hmm. Can a guy, I mean, I- anyone else in free agency, I, I just don't, I, I don't see why you wouldn't go, yeah. you know, on And they that, just signed Heineke, too. You know? So it's like, they're a quarterback away, mm-hmm. in my opinion. 
And it doesn't have to be Cam. That's just the one that makes the most sense for me. I'd be pretty cool, honestly. Absolutely. He'd be back in the. Uh, I mean, he well, he'd be back on the East Coast, but uh, not too far from Carolina in right. DC. And they, so. I'm, I'm almost. I'm pretty positive the two will meet this year. Probably. Um, yeah. But I, I mean, it's just. I just see the NFC least. I like that. Yeah, I mean, I mean, and so it's just like, I don't see why Philly wouldn't take this opportunity. Yeah, it's free candy. It's literally free candy. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. Yeah, but you can't forget about their defense, too. Their defense wasn't great, letting up over 26 points a game. And I don't know. I think they got to fix up that defense still a little bit, too. They're that's not what, in, and, and they can, mm-hmm. they, the draft will help them defensively. Yeah, they do like a Panthers draft where they Absolutely. just go like straight defense, maybe wide receiver here or there. But to go back to your point, I think it also has to do with a lot of leadership. Carson Wentz was their quarterback, and then that that really will mess up a locker room. Yeah, no, when that you, really when you toss up. I mean, the GM doesn't know what he's doing. The coach <laughs> doesn't know if he likes Carson Wentz or Jalen Hurts or not enough yeah. to play him on a Monday night game uh, against Seattle. Remember that Monday night game against Seattle where they just threw both of them in there? I think Jalen Hurts didn't even finish a series. So that hurts a locker room, man. Like I'm not making excuses for them playing bad. But it hurts a locker room, and they started the season with a pretty good defense. Like, they actually started the season pretty well. When, when things were normal, when they were playing happy family, so to speak, they, um, they, they, uh, they, they put up good games. But then when you throw somebody else in the mix and say, well, I don't know, you know, Doug Peterson, who's this guy? Like, I think that really does have a big effect, and I, I think they'll probably shore some issues up. Yeah, I've talked about this with one of my buddies one time. We were saying... When you get benched as a player, like playing sports growing mm-hmm. up, like it's supposed to give you a little bit of fire. It's supposed to give you some passion, want you to bounce back and go and get that job, not sit there and pout. And in yeah. that last game of the season, when Nate Sudfield came out there and played <laughs> yeah. for, I'm not going to call him out for it, but maybe for tanking reasons, but that Carson <laughs> Wentz was in sweatpants on the yeah. sidelines. That's just not what you want to see out of a franchise quarterback. And right after he got benched, he just started throwing temper tantrums, mm-hmm. it seemed like. Well, I mean, to be fair, if, if you're Carson Wentz, you probably knew there were. I mean, it, it, listen, we don't know what goes on, right? Yeah. We've talked about the Coop and I have had this conversation. Yeah. We like to talk about this because it's fun. Yeah. But let's assume Carson Wentz didn't have that much communication on what their future plans were with him. He could have yeah. been left in the dark. He Absolutely. Been. Yeah. And so he's being told, I'm the starter, or you're the starter, you're the starter, you're the starter. But hey, here's Jalen Hurts. And then all of a sudden, Jalen Hurts comes in the game, starts winning some ball yeah. games, and you're Carson Wentz, and you're like, oh, yeah, I'm the starter. Nope. <laughs> I don't want to be here. You get right? the text 10 minutes before the game starts. Right, exactly. <laughs> so you never know what goes on there. Now, I'm not saying it's right, but I think Carson Wentz is probably going to be pretty happy with where he ended He's up. in a better place. Yeah. So, so let's talk about Philly in their draft. They have the sixth pick, right? Quarterback, probably not an option. Mm-hmm. And you never know with Philly. Honestly, they could find a way to get a quarterback late in the in the mm-hmm. draft. That quarterback, if poor Jalen Hurts, it would happen to him. Get benched like <laughs> mm-hmm. in, in a really important game in the second half. We've seen that happen before. But, I mean, you, you never know what Philly's going to do, especially with that sixth pick. Mm-hmm. That's in the sweet spot of offensive line, Micah Parsons, yep. or cornerback. Or potentially Jamar Chase if uh, they yeah, want to take a receiver. Say, yeah, big-time weapon. Yeah. So that sixth pick is very, very like, okay, Who's going to go where? Yeah. And that sixth pick, you never know. What What do you guys see with the Eagles doing with the sixth pick? I mean, hopefully, I don't think it's going to happen. But Devontae Smith, if he falls, he's going six, no doubt. If he, I don't think he does fall. But also, I mean, you know they like to draft receivers. Rager, I mean, they got him. So I think they might sneak Jamar Chase in. Jamar Chase is a top talent. He's just probably not going to go unless a team who's there wants him and he's not gone. 
But yeah. Yeah, kind of to your point, a Michael Parsons, somebody on the defensive level would be back there, but I would be a little bit hesitant about going after him just because he did sit out for a whole entire year, and you can see that when players sit out for a year and come back, it kind of takes them a little bit to get into it, or they may never return to that mm-hmm. form. But yeah, I'm looking at a DeMar Chase, a wide receiver. They need a weapon. Mm-hmm. They've got to get somebody reliable. Yeah. And then also... This may be a little low, some people may say, but Kyle Pitts from Florida is a heck of a weapon. Yeah, and absolutely. even yeah. if they trade back maybe to like 10, they should still be able to get him there, but mm-hmm. I would take him at 6 and feel pretty comfortable about yeah, it. Yeah, I, 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 he was the best weapon in college I football. Think so. yeah. uh, sure. Devontae Smith I absolutely was phenomenal. Sure. sure. Phenomenal. But Kyle Pitts, That's oh my stud. He didn't have Jalen Waddle with him either. No, no. He, <laughs> and he, he was their offense, mm-hmm, right? Yeah. Kyle Trask was throwing for yeah, Kyle Pitts. Pitts. Yeah. Not two, four. Like, I'm putting. I'm put going on the field 484, mm-hmm. and, and so I mean that dude, that dude can turn ball. something around. Mm-hmm. I mean that's a weapon. You can line him up in the receiver position. He can be a blocking he's tight fast end. Too. He's quick. You can uh, you can hand him the ball. Mm-hmm. You can literally run a little jet sweep with him. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So he's scary. I like that pick. I like that take. Yeah. He's mm-hmm. one of the players that I'm sad about that we're not going to see at the combine because it's that's not true. happening yeah. this year. Yeah. He would have had a wild combine. Absolutely. True. And so I mean, to to think about this with. With who, who who could potentially go where type thing, yeah. I I just don't know at six if you if you don't take a offensive an offensive weapon. Yeah, right. I think offensive line is not a horrible decision it's not. No, to it's not. to protect your quarterback, but Jalen Hurts is good enough to where he can get out of things, right? Yeah, and why not put in a put a weapon right there with him? Yes, and I just think it makes the most sense. Hey, look, I mean, you made a good point though. If if I don't think it's going to happen, but if Sewell drops, oh, he's going to Philly. If yeah, Sewell yeah. drops, that, I, six is a yeah. great spot. He's kind of like one of those six. Six is especially a great when you don't spot. need a quarterback. Exactly. Like Philly doesn't need yeah. a quarterback. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And, and if a, if a quarterback is there mm-hmm. at six, I would not be surprised to see them go back. Yeah, that's true. Trade you know? back and yeah, yeah, yeah. and say uh, you, hey. Carolina, you want this guy? Do you need? Do mm-hmm. you need Justin Fields? Somehow he falls to six, yeah. which wouldn't happen. But somehow he falls to six. Yep. Carolina, do you need him? Come trade with yep. us. Give us another pick. Yeah, you can have it. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. I mean, six and eight aren't that different. No. Eight, eight still in that spot. If you don't need a quarterback, oh, I'll just take the best available. Mm-hmm. He's going to help. You know. Yeah. So I mean, any any last thoughts on Philly and Indy? I think that was the best situation that could have happened for both sides, just because of what they were dealing with in Philly and Philip Rivers being gone and Jacoby Brissett not being the guy. So I think it kind of worked out. It's like shaking hands. You know, they probably feel pretty good about it, honestly. <laughs> yeah, I'm just excited to see this indie team next year. Yeah. I think they're going to be special. Absolutely. I mean, Carson Wentz, it wasn't like, all right, let the door hit you on the way out. It was, all right, you want out, we'll get you out. Yeah. We're going to take what we can get. Carson Wentz, welcome to Indianapolis. Yes, sir. Uh, I hope it's well. I hope it goes well. I hope it'll be fun to watch, and I think I think it will be. Yeah. Yeah. On the other side of this, we're going to talk a little NBA hoops and maybe what happened last night on Twitter. Something crazy happened. Stay with us. Sports Wrap. Eggers Law Firm right here on 90.5 WASU, the App FM. We live in a community with people. You are. But I feel like this isn't working out when you're driving. I know you think it's possible to focus both on me and the road, but I just don't feel the same way. I think we should spend some time away from each other when you're driving. It's for the best. Visit stoptextsstoprex.org. A message brought to you by the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration, Project Yellow Light, the Ad Council, and 90.5 WASU.
Welcome back to Sports Wrap here on 90.5 WASU-FM Sports Wrap, brought to you by our friends at Eggers Law Firm. Hope you're doing well. We just had a little NFL discussion, and then off the mic we had a little more NFL discussion about one of the best quarterbacks in the NFL. Not that far. Uh, about, about Cam Newton, someone who's near and dear to my heart. Uh, Steven came at my boy, and so I had to defend him. Cam Newton is going to be back and better than ever in 2021. Mark my words, Steven. I'm sitting here playing uh, devil's advocate. For once, for once, yeah, Cooper's not in the middle of things. I can't tell you how many times I've heard, oh, Cam Newton, this is going to be his best season. Oh, he's coming back big next year. Oh, this, oh, that. Yeah. Put him on a team with some weapons and see what happens. Uh, we're going we're gonna to switch leagues here. We're going to go into the NBA. And something happened last night that I really wanted to touch on, fellas. And that's in the... Miami Heat, Golden State game, and it's it's in Golden State, right? And so it's on the West Coast. It's late at night. Mm-hmm. It's at halftime. The Miami Heat decide to tweet at halftime a picture of Steph Curry, the best shooter of all time. Yeah. And it said, Chicken Curry Alert. Because he went one of nine in the first half from three. You should have seen that one three, though. <laughs> it's insane. <laughs> and so... What do they do? The Golden State Warriors take them to overtime and beat them by nine. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Why did they tweet that? I don't know, but I mean, I'd feel pretty disrespected if I got beat by Michael Mulder and Juan Toscano Anderson. I mean, no disrespect to those guys, but you really let Bam Adebayo, like, you really let your full team, Kendrick Nunn posted 19. Oh man, I think I think that just really turned out bad for the for the Heat. They they were 11 and 16 going into that game, so 11 and 17 now. I think they're um I think they're 12 or 13th in the East. I I may be wrong, but uh still you never count Steph out. Why would you? Like I don't know. I feel like that's so disrespectful, but maybe they maybe that was a typo. I don't know. I don't think it was. Come on, Steph Curry chicken. Curry, come on. <laughs> Yeah. Maybe it was the uh, social media guy's burner account that yeah. he put it out on. Yeah, there. an accident. Whoops. Yeah. yeah, but this is just stacking on to the issues Miami's been having. They're 11 and 17, bottom five team in the East. Now yeah. their social media guy is going out there jinxing them mid game. It's not it's a good disgusting. look for Miami. It's disgusting. <laughs> and, you know, it's one, it's Steph Curry, the best shooter of all time. You mentioned the point. Two, come on. Why? <laughs> uh, you get fired? No, I would wish that upon anyone. <laughs> um, and then three, after the game, this is where the credibility was was brought up. Mm-hmm. After the game, the guy who or girl who tweeted on their account said, "Uh, so it's a fun Twitter account, right?" They were trying to be fun, like the Kings. Absolutely. They can't touch the Kings. And so, yeah, the Kings are great on yeah. Twitter. They're great, uh, but uh, still, you don't come at Steph Curry, and that's the way I wanted to open up this NBA discussion. The the Warriors improve. To 16 and 13, right? They're, they're starting to have that feel of they're dangerous. They're, they're there. They're, they're not there yet to the top. They won't get there this year, potentially, but they're dangerous. Anytime number 30 is on the floor, you got to hold your breath. What's the thought on Golden State? Where do they finish? I think they're in like a weird state right now. They've been they've had a lot of different rotations. Like, you know, James Wiseman has has been out for a little bit. He's been dealing with an injury. And Draymond has been nursing a few injuries as well. He's not where he once was, but he's more of a facilitator now. It's weird to see where this team's identity is because Juan Toscano Anderson, Michael Mulder, I mean, they started last night. They played like 30 plus minutes. And I, most people haven't heard of these guys' names. So, I don't know 
how far Steph can carry them because Steph has put 57 up in a loss. That 162 game, they they did win. He, he scored 62 in that win. But, I, I mean, I like I said, this is nothing disrespectful to Steph Curry. But how far can he really carry Juan Toscano Anderson and Michael Mulder and company? Wiggins is actually doing all right, but do I think he deserves to be over Christian Wood in the All-Star voting? Absolutely not. But that's another point. Um I do agree with you. They do. I, I think they do sneak into the playoffs. Um, I don't think this is their. This is not their year, though. No, they, they can't. Not. Dude, they can't. They can't win a series with the guys I've been naming. No. They just can't. They they may sneak if they if they are the sixth seed. They may sneak the th- against the three seed. Dude, Steph Steph would have to have sixty every game. Steph, I mean, like for them to win those, it not even handily, but for them to win those, Steph would have to like, hey guys, let's get in the car. I'm driving. Yeah, absolutely. Like, and, and Steph has to take 25, 30 shots a night. And yeah. last night, he, he was 8 of 25. He was 5 of 20 from 3. Yeah. Has to, but he has, has to, to shoot he has 20 to, of them. Though. Like, percentages don't matter. you got to shoot 20 yeah. of them. Because if the ball's in his hand, like, I, every time the ball is in Steph I Curry's hands, go in. I think it's going to go Me in. Me too. I mean, I, it's not even a coin flip. Yeah. <laughs> it, it's, it's just like... Dang, it didn't go in. That's mm-hmm. crazy. Yeah, Steven, yeah. what you got? Yeah, so I think Golden State's kind of going to end up. They're going to end up in that play-in tournament, in my opinion. They're just going to kind of be right on the outside looking in. But the biggest key for me this season is just the fall of Draymond Green's offensive game. Yeah. He's averaging five points mm-hmm. a game, shooting thirty-six percent from the field and eighteen percent from three. Yep. I mean that's terrible. And coming off, he's shot forty percent almost from the field almost every other season of his career and now going all the way down to 36 and 18% from three when he was a 30, 30% a shooter point. before that. That has that that not helped them at all. Yeah. It's, it's three-point shooting at and, all. And, the, and those who are making, I, I know I said that he's taken more of a facilitator role because he is, I think he had a triple-double recently. Because, yeah. um, how, I think it was, how, many, how many assists a game? He is averaging eight assists. Eight assists. That, I that's think it was in, eight. To me, that's incredible. Yeah, no. And, and your point guard's averaging six? Yeah, that and to thirty me, and yeah. To me, that's inc- that's why they're winning games. Yeah, and it's with the combination of Steph's forty, fifty point bombs, yeah. whatever, and Kelly Oubre scoring somewhere yeah. around eighteen if you can. Mm-hmm. That and Draymond obviously dishing out the rest is. Mm-hmm. To me, I, I don't know how you guys feel about this. This is going to be a really, really hot take coming from me. <laughs> oh gosh, <laughs> oh, Draymond Green is one of the most important players in the NBA. On that team, yes. on in the NBA, but I don't know about it. And, and I love to watch him play. I I love to watch Draymond Green play. I could care less about His, scoring seventy or you know anything like that. Playing defense and facilitating <clears throat> to me is beautiful basketball. Well, I could make the argument that James Harden is the better facilitator, even though because I mean he's he's leading the league in assists right now. So yes, I, I think he is definitely without a question the most important person on that team. Maybe. You could make the case in the Western Conference, but there's a guy in the Eastern Conference that's leading the that's leading the NBA and assists, and he's averaging, I think, almost 30 points a game. So I, I think that is a little too hot, and my hand got burnt a little bit. I think it was a little hot. So who let – me, let me just make this point. If you took James Harden off that team, mm-hmm. where are they? How many, how many games? They're still winning games. How, how, are they first in the East? Second in no. the East? Top three. Mm, they're probably, I say they're top three or four. So are we talking them pre-trade or post-trade team? Because they had Jared Allen and people like that that's before true. they traded for yeah, James that's Harden. True. Oh, train, I, either Prince, way, train, yeah. I would say now. James, Just now? In, in Houston. Let's, all right, let's put them back on Houston. Let's do that. Whoa. Hypothetically. Put, put James Harden back on Houston. During the playoffs. Yeah, because we still have John Wall, so yeah. During the playoffs. playoffs. But my thing is, James Harden, James Harden can do it by himself, right? 
He, and he had he had great players there. But you yeah. know, as, when you think of James Harden, it's stand at the top of the key, dribble between the legs 45 times, <laughs> either get to the rim, dish it, <laughs> yeah. or step back three in your mouth, right? Yeah. Something like that. With Draymond Green, you get, the, you get the defensive rebound. You push the ball down the floor as hard as you can. You get to the rim. You stop. You don't care about the basket. You find that open shooter. That's what I love, and that's why he's so important. But another thing that does make me kind of scratch my head a little bit is that he, he, he's not doing, like, he has to do this. There is nobody who will, there, you want Toscano Anderson, yada, 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 they're not going to do what he can. He has to do this. Yeah. So that is my only, like, qual, you know, qualm with that. That is my only issue, is that he has to, or they don't even have six, they're like eight and whatever the rest, they, they probably have eight wins right now. Would you guys yeah. would you guys agree that Draymond Green is quote unquote a role player right now? Yeah, right now he's playing like one in my opinion, but he can't be with the players on this team. He I would have He's not a role player. He's a starter. Well, you no, can't, now, you can't like, ask no, him. Like, now yeah. he's got to be like one of the stars on the team. Yeah. They don't have Clay, they don't exactly. have KD and you, stuff. I just don't think no matter the team he's going to be on. You can't ask him to go have 25 a night. He's yeah, never yeah, done he's that. Not, not even college. He doesn't do that. that. No. Not you know, but I will State. say, I will say the years that they were, they you know, were a dynasty. Mm-hmm. He he knocked down big threes, threes. in the playoffs, yep. and that I, I really hope for his sake that that'll come back because he, that'll make them. That you're right, Stephen. That will make them. That'll push them that much more. Sure. How many has he taken? Like, do you have the? Do you have his numbers pulled up yeah, right now? Yeah. How many total threes has he taken? Total threes. Probably not that many. I'm assuming. I just have the averages, but he's. You said he's thirty something percent. Averaging eighteen percent from three. Well, okay. I'm, I'm gonna wow. guess. He's averaging one point eight three point attempts a game. One point eight a game. Yeah, that's that's all I needed to know. That's too little to yeah. me. And he's only he's only averaging uh, shooting five field goals a game, which right. is way down. Which is right, why exactly. He just doesn't have confidence in his offensive game. I think game that's anymore, I don't. Like. I think that's I, what it is too. Yeah, I just think they're that. asking him to do something different. I don't think it's his confidence. I think Draymond Green's probably one of the most confident people in the NBA. Yeah, I that man's probably. got a mouth on him. Do you hear what he said about Rodney Magruder? Yeah. No, uh, what did he say? So after they they played Detroit, um, Rodney Magruder walked over to the Warriors bench. You know how Clay's been like calling games or whatever for them recently. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Clay's like, "What's this bum doing over here? He should be in the G League. He he's probably about to get kicked out of the league." <laughs> Basically talking about him, and Draymond assessed the situation after the game in a post game interview. He was like. Why does this guy think he's a tough guy now? Just basically, you know, talking talking his talk about him, saying who even is this guy? Saying what's he gonna do, basically. And he's still got that big dog mentality, even though they're not top of the league anymore. So before we move on, let's play this short clip. I know I didn't have this on, you know, on the rundown, uh, but there, Draymond Green has a great point about the state of the NBA. Yeah, and it's mm-hmm. about who makes these decisions on players. So I'm gonna play this. And then we're going to come back and talk about this. I would like to talk about something that's really bothering me. And uh, it's been like that. All right. Thoughts on Draymond Green saying we got to protect the players from embarrassment like that? Yeah. Um, I really like that take that he had because I feel it is fair sometimes how superstars will say they want out and they get berated by the city, the team, the ownership. Kind of just, for example, like when LeBron left or was hinting towards leaving Cleveland the first time he got killed for it and I just don't think it's fair that when players may hint they want to be out or leave in free agency or get traded they get berated but then teams can single-handedly hold out players and control their future essentially yeah it's an interesting it's like an interesting topic because the way the NBA is set up is for players to be like 
I hate to say this because I don't think it's right, but f- for players to be chess pieces, so to speak, to fill up the board. And I think definitely players need to be a little bit more protected. And Draymond has a really good point because he got fi- <laughs> yeah, he's gotten fined a lot of times. Draymond has been iced on a lot of situations by po- like social media, by other teams in his in in the in the NBA, like people have a certain reputation of him, you know, from certain things. So um, now, do I think every NBA player should have the power to tell, you know, to say, "Oh, okay, I'm being here. You don't have to trade anybody for me. I just want to be there." No, that's that's ridiculous. Right. I I like what he said here, and you know, th- obviously, like hearing this, it makes sense, right? But at the end of the day. We've heard this multiple times. It's a business, right? It's a business. And you got to do what you got to do yeah. to win. And Draymond Green probably knows better than anyone else. I'll do whatever it takes to win. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But at the same time, like you, you know, his, he made a point about DeMarcus Cousins Buddy. and was literally told in an interview that he was traded from Sacramento to New Orleans. Like, yeah. like what? Bug. Like, that's yeah. crazy. Mm-hmm. Um, now, the point is fair. It's definitely fair, and and I'm glad that you know that we listen to that because he makes a great point. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, I like what you said, mm-hmm. Coop. I see both sides, and it's kind of in the air. Yeah, because it's a business. The NBA cannot work if every single player who wants to go to, like, who's going to want to go to Orlando, or who's going to want to go to teams that have that don't win? Who's going to want to go to the Knicks? Like, everybody's going to want to be on the same roster if they get to pick where they go. Like, it's a business for a reason. There's People are paid a certain amount of money. There's cap hits. There's all these, like, there's trade deadlines. There is these things for a reason to structure how trades and people get moved around. So to say, we want all the power, that's, that is insane. But, uh, they, they, I mean, maybe having a little bit more say wouldn't hurt. Yeah, I, I yeah. definitely agree with that. Yeah. Seems good. Yeah, because Anthony Davis got fined $50,000 for when he wanted to leave New Orleans to go to L.A. And I don't think it's fair for players to get fined for no, requesting I don't trades either. and things like but. that. But you also got to remember we are in, like, the player movement and player empowerment era in the NBA, and it's not just about the business anymore. Like, I understand. I agree with the whole points. Like, we can't just go and have a bunch of super teams everywhere. We'll but we are in the player empowerment era, and I don't think it's fair for like Anthony Davis to get fined fifty grand for saying he wants out, but then ownership can hold out a player, and the player can't do anything about it. Right, and to Draymond's point, that's a good example. Is Anthony Davis in New Orleans was their guy? Yeah, he was their savior. He was all right. We can build around this dude, and then he comes out and says, "No, I want to go to Los Angeles. Mm-hmm. I don't want to be here. I want to go to Los Angeles." Why should? these high-name caliber players be able to say, I want to go here and get away with it. That's, that's what I, I took away from that. And I agree with that part. I definitely agree with that part. Where it's instead, I'm on a contract to this mm-hmm. team versus I'm in free agency. I want to go there. That makes that's sense. That's the difference. That makes sense, that's the right? Difference. But if you're contracted that you sign mm-hmm. to... Sorry to bring this up. James Harden to Houston yeah. saying, I want to go to Brooklyn. He had time on his contract still. He was not a free agent. Stay in. You have, like, to me, you don't get to say that. Yep. That's and what that's, I agree with. And that's the fines that I'm cool with. Yep. But instead, Draymond Green coming out and saying what we say, mm-hmm. you know, what we're saying right here, mm-hmm. you get fined. Yeah. It's completely blasphemous to think that 
it's smarter to get traded, want to get traded when you yourself signed a contract saying, I'm here for another four years. You got me. Like, you got me. Whenever, after these four years, I don't know if you got me. That's cool. That's we'll, we'll so ways. And we'll put, you know what? Hey, whenever your contract's over, if you don't want to sign with us again, that's not our, we're not going to, we can't find you for that. So leave, man, that hardened situation, that does <laughs> hit a little soft spot. But you know what? We ended up getting a king's ransom for it, but that's beside the point. Yeah, one thing I don't understand with these teams is they, like, because most of these players like Anthony Davis and James Harden, neither of them had no trade clauses, yet the teams always trade them to the team that they want to go to when they could have gotten better packages from other teams. Absolutely. And I'm not quite sure why GMs and ownership does that. I don't think Raphael Stone had a better package. The, like, that's a completely different conversation, but they got what they wanted. They got eight picks. They got... Vic Oladipo, Dante Exum, uh, Rodians Krooks. They got guys that they could build around eight picks on top of the picks that they already have. Yeah. I did. And listen, I, I would Philadelphia say was sides. where he wanted to go in other place, but Philadelphia didn't have the deal. Nobody had a deal better than that. They got the best deal possible. Yeah, and, and that's, that's the not, same way with the Anthony Davis trade. Yeah. N- New Orleans got Brandon Ingram, an yeah. all star. They got an all-star. Lonzo. Lonzo Ball, who's a 3-and-D player. Mm-hmm. And then you got Josh Hart, who's a 3-and-D like player. Josh Hart, yeah. I mean, those those are – and they got a pick. They got yeah. a pick from Los Angeles. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, look, say if you we at the end of the day, we could still say that. Mm-hmm. But it, it finds a way to work itself out. At Draymond Green, do you have the right to say that? Absolutely. Do you have the right to get mad? Absolutely. A former all-star. Now let's segue into this next part uh, very quick before we go into break. All right, we got we got All Star Weekend coming up. We've had a discussion on this be, uh, before. Who do you like from from the West? Give me give me your five from the West. So we'll start with Stephen, then Coop, then me. All right. So at the one, you got to put Steph Curry. You got to do it. He's balling out like he does every season, putting up great numbers. And then at the two, I'm going with Dame Lillard. He's really carried that team since CJ McCollum broke his foot what like a month or so ago. And you see him, it seems like every night, making 35, 40 footers almost from the logo or hitting a buzzer beater to help his team win. And after that, I'm going LeBron James. I feel like that's a fairly easy pick there. Mm-hmm. And then we'll finish it off with uh, Nikola Jokic at the center. And then I'm also giving Paul George a starting spot. He's almost in the 50-50-90 club right now. He's just a few percentages short from the three-point line to be in a 50-50-90 club. But to be shooting 50%, from the field, almost 50% from three and 90-plus percent from the free throw line is insane, especially coming off the poor bubble run that he had last season. Hey, I mean, I like that lineup, but you disrespected my boy D. Mitchell a little bit. I think D. Mitchell deserves a starting spot after he has carried his team to the number one record in the NBA, might I say. So, yeah, I agree with your first. Steph Curry at one. Uh, D. Mitchell, two. Uh, yeah, Le- Le- I like your LeBron pick as well, but I could, I, I might actually... I like Kawhi though as well. That's that's a tough pick for me because I really think Kawhi can start. Yeah, it was him um, or Paul George for me. One it, of those two. Honestly, LeBron yeah. will be a starter. I th- yeah 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 no yeah, th- yeah obviously. Um, in a perfect world, let me say this because it's not going to happen. I would I would Kawhi three, LeBron four, and then Jokic five. I think that could happen. That was mine. He doesn't. Pl- oh really? Yeah. Oh okay. I got Curry. You said Mitchell. Mitchell yep. Kawhi Leonard. Uh, mm-hmm. You know what? For the sake of it, I'll go uh, Curry, Donovan Mitchell, LeBron, AD, and Jokic. Okay, yeah, that's fine. I like those. I like that too. Yeah, I uh, mean the, the All Star Game's position list pretty much at this point. Yeah, anyway, absolutely. So. Basketball's is. position list. So yeah. Um, all right, back. We'll go with the East. All right. So with the East, um, 
I'm going to start off with Bradley Beal as one of my two guards. Everybody knows the numbers he's been putting up. He's not pulling a James Harden in Washington. He's kind of sticking through it, running the course, still like trying to um, be valuable to the team, be productive to the team. And then my other starting guard, you can't ignore what Jalen Brown's done this year and the steps that he's taken up. I think Jalen Brown's done a great job with that team. And then I'm going to go with KD at the three. Just because it's KD, KD's almost in the 50-50-90 club as well. And then I'll round it off with Giannis and Joel Embiid. So I'm, I'm going to do a guy, uh, I think I think this could, could go both ways, but I'm going to say Kyrie. I'm going to say Zach Levine because, come on, y'all, we got to stop sleeping on Zach Levine now. I like that. Zach, Zach Levine, Levine is not is, starting in the All-Star game. I like that pick. Zach Levine, hey, it's my All-Star game. Shut up. <laughs> Zach Levine's starting in my All-Star game. Listen, stop disrespecting him. All right, that's my two. Uh, yeah, I like KD at the three. Um, ooh, that's uh, – I could honestly put, uh, actually, Jason Tatum. I like that. Ooh. Jason Tatum at the three, KD four, uh, Embiid five. I'm throwing it out there a little bit. You know I what? I like that. I like that five. I like that. I'm going. I'm going Harden, Bradley Beal, yep. Giannis, Embiid, and that three. That that swing spot. I'll go Jason Tatum. Love that boy. Love yeah, that boy, Jason. We, we were kind of talking real quick before the show started. If Kyrie did not go on a six-game hiatus, would he be starting for you guys from the All-Star game? I, I, I mean, I think I he's very arguably now. Yeah, but you know it. I yeah. would have him starting if he didn't ditch his team for six games. Maybe maybe yeah. very possible. Uh, just went over NBA, a little All-Star, a little debate about what players say and, and should they be able to say. It was a good discussion. On the other side of this, the black and gold, baby. It's a huge weekend in App State Sports. We're going to discuss it and break it down with you right here on Sports Wrap, Eggers Law Firm on 90.5 WASU, the app FM. We live in a community with people, local seed at a time. And we're back here on Sports Wrap on 90.5 WASU, the app FM. Noah Thompson, Coop Govero, Stephen Biddick's here with you on this lovely Thursday afternoon. Sports Wrap brought to you by our friends at Eggers Law Firm. Just went over some NBA stuff, but this weekend, fellas, huge for App State sports. I mean, every sport that you can think of, other than like field hockey and football, are playing. (laughs) They're, They're in action this weekend, and it starts none other than tomorrow night with the App State men's basketball team hosting the first place South Alabama Jaguars that come into town. Alex, or excuse me, Josh Scott and Garrett Davenport will be on the call on 90.5 WASU. Pre-game start at 5.30. Instant plug. <laughs> Listen to our boys. Uh, Quick with it. Who we like in this week? What what, what does App State got to do? Get that first place name back. Hey, this is App State's time to shine this year. They showed development last year. They're showing even more development this year. And this is the year I really want App State. I mean, I've always wanted them to, obviously. But App State to grab that Sun Belt spot and get in that dance in the NCAA tournament coming around in March. And I think they can do it. They're sitting at 12-7 and right now. They've had some COVID-related issues, mm-hmm. which is why they haven't played the last week. They got some rest. They're going to come into this stadium in the Convocation Center, and I think they're going to pull them out against South Alabama this weekend. South Alabama, mm-hmm. a good team. They've They've been really, really solid this year. They got, uh, they got a couple good players. They they split the last time in Mobile. Now, this App State team hasn't played since January thirtieth. Yeah, hadn't played the whole month of February. I expect them to come out really cold. Mm-hmm. But 
This team has fight, man. They can win. They they know how to win. They've done it before. They've come back from behind. They've been in tough games. Coop, what do you like? Hey, for everybody listening at home, take the stairs. That's right. You know, head coach Dustin Kearns uh, has done a really good job with this program, turning it around after Rick Fox uh, left. Uh, but I, I really think they – Realistically, I would love to see them. They'll probably start cold, but I'd love to see them have a good second half and dominate. I would love to see that, and I think they can. I think they've shown us how good they can be. I think I think that first or that first uh, two game series with Troy, we, lo- we we split, but that's that game where we beat them ninety to fifty six. I mean, that was just a slaughter. Like, that was absolutely. We have seen Justin Forrest turn it on. We have seen. Uh, James Lewis Jr. and other guys like turn it on. Like we've seen, so I think if they can play together and play like we've seen some of those good games, it's, it could be scary. It, they're so bought in, and it's great. It, mm-hmm. It's so great, mm-hmm. and you know, it, it's just you have a guy in Donovan Gregory. I like him the most. Gregory, yeah. he is such an undersized big. Plays way bigger than 6'6". Mm-hmm. Has a little jump to him. He's got some spring. Mm-hmm. Knack for the rebound. I mean, can go get it. Mm-hmm. And it's not afraid to go into you, go into your chest. He's a great player. And I I really like Almonese. Michael Almonese. Almonese's yeah. really good off the bench. For whatever reason, they still come off the bench. But I still like that. And this team has so much fight, and it's it's so fun to watch. Hey, how about Adrian Delph, too? Absolutely. Delph is a baller. Absolutely. I mean, I yeah. mean they're, they're, the best five on the floor is Almonese, Justin Forrest, Adrian Delph, Delph. Donovan Gregory, and James Lewis Jr. Jr. Yep. I mean, they're, they're, yeah, that, I that five, I love. I uh-huh. love them on the floor. Yeah. And I put the, I'll put them up against anyone. Like, in it, Sunbelt, yeah. And, and this, is a, this is a team that can do it, Stephen. Anyone in the Sunbelt can do it. Yeah. I believe. I believe anyone can do it. So why not at? Yeah, take the stairs. Yeah, I 100% agree with that. Like you said, I am a little worried about them coming out cold in the first half, but this team has shown that they can work together and they can do it. And I'm really hoping they do that this weekend. Hey, I haven't been taking the elevator. You know, we're on the second floor here at Beasley. <laughs> I haven't been taking the elevator recently. Ever since basketball season started, I'm taking the stairs. You got any classes <laughs> on the third floor? Hey, I'm still taking the stairs. <laughs> Good call, though. So I want to I want to talk to I want to like speak on this. If Obviously, they haven't played since January 30th. If you were to get your team exposed to COVID, this was the worst time. Yeah. Yeah. In, in the end of the conference season, you got, you're kind of rolling. You're, yeah. coming, you're coming off. Some, you're in first place. You, you had a tough weekend at Troy, but yeah. still, you, you, you know what you have with your team. And then you get COVID, and you're out for two weeks. Dang, that stinks. And a lot of other teams that have dealt with, with the bug – as my dad likes to say, mm-hmm. it's been in kind of an ideal time, right? This not ideal at all. Mm-mm. Yeah, it does. It kind of puts a damp and like it puts a damper on the season because I think they were hitting a stride. Like they did drop a few games late or on the back end of some of the back in, uh, the back to backs. I think we went to Alabama State, I believe Troy it was or Troy, Troy yeah. and. I think we split or lost both of those. Um, we lost both of them. Yeah, we lost both of those. Yeah. And uh, but we did. We were hitting a really good stride at one point, and I think COVID definitely. Ask anyone, really. There's a lot of players. Like I was watching the uh, Rockets and Philly game last night, and Seth Curry, great, great shooter, by the way. I love the guy. Uh, he had COVID. and He was out, you know, for the time period, self isolating, whatever. When he came back, he's he's noted that. 
He he was playing terrible. He said he didn't feel right. His workout regimen just wasn't working right. Something just was off. And a lot of players have said that. And I think whenever you sit out for a duration of time, you get cold, like you said. I think they will come out cold. I'd be surprised if they come out like on fire. Yeah, that, I mean, that would be a shock to, I think, all of us. <laughs> yeah. Um, Sitting, sitting at home watching. Mm-hmm. Any final thoughts on App State men's basketball? Yeah, one thing that does kind of worry me is that those two games against Coastal Carolina did not get rescheduled that they played. So that'll That's be a true. shame if that comes back and they end up losing the Sun Belt by two games that yeah. they could have won against Coastal. And think about this though, and it, it, is that for you saying seeding wise? Is that is that why that worries you for them not to be the one seed? Yeah, I, I don't. To no. be honest, I don't really think that matters. It doesn't. Now, it'd be good for us because, you know, App State hasn't been first place in the conference in a long time in basketball. Yeah. Now, that's that's why it'd be good for us. But nobody in the Sun Belt's getting in the NCAA tournament without winning it. Yeah. So you got to win the Sun Belt tournament. So regardless if they're 1-2, whatever, yeah, that does stink because we wouldn't be the one seed. Nobody's getting in yeah. at large from the Sun Belt. I think the year Little Rock won it, they weren't the first. in uh, When they made it, they were a 12, I think, or a 15. Probably. Now, Little Rock's a different story. One. Well, yeah. They're, they're, they've been a powerhouse. That's now, true. However, this, this year, I just, I don't know. I just don't think anyone from the Sun Belt is going to get you know that at-large bid. There's too many, <laughs> there's too many teams that yeah. have eight losses, and maybe one of them from Durham, that will get in over a two-loss team from yeah. you know, the Sun Belt. Yeah, no. So. No, I mean, well, I was saying, like, when they won the tournament, they when they won the, tur- the Sun Belt tournament that year, oh, I, I don't think saying. they were the number one seed. Right, right. So it doesn't matter what the seed is. That's yeah. what I was saying. Oh, okay. Yeah. I thought, I'm, I'm no. sorry. I thought yeah. you meant, yeah. yeah. That makes that makes absolutely sense. <laughs> like, that, that, that's, that's why I say it doesn't really yeah. matter, you know. Yeah. Yeah. Um, moving on, App State women's basketball. They go to South Alabama. Uh, the last time they were in Boone at the Holmes Convocation Center, Laney Gosnell hit her 1,000th point. Um, congratulations to Laney, as well as the the rest of the App State women's basketball team. They're fighting. I, I do PA for them. I work for them. I've watched them very closely this year. And they, they have lost some games that they should have won, right? Uh, they, they, they're 10-10. And they have games in the conference where they split. They've swept Georgia Southern. They've been all over the place. They've mm-hmm. seen it all. They've been swept, and they're, they're, they're still right there. Mm-hmm. Now, for this App State women's basketball team, they got to go in and get, they got to win two games this weekend mm-hmm. against South Alabama. They got good players. They got a good, really good coach that can do it. But South Alabama on the other side is, is, is just as good as well. Uh, moving on to baseball, App State men's baseball. Coming into action this weekend. First, uh, first game. Games of the year, they go to Winthrop, and it's exciting. A new baseball field waiting to be used up there. Mm-hmm. It's very beautiful. They, they got to play on it, I think, three times last year before COVID started. So excited for App State men's baseball. Or I guess just baseball. There's no yeah. Yeah, waiting for baseball. the cleats to hit the dirt. Yeah, so it's kind of yeah. it's kind of funny. The club baseball team has actually played more games on the new turf than the actual <laughs> yeah. baseball team has, <laughs> exactly. and that's like dead serious. Yeah. So so App State baseball definitely excited for that. Excited to work for them as well. And a lot of uh, just a big weekend in App State sports. Um, we'll talk some more. Volleyball is in a battle with UNC right now as we speak. Uh, women's soccer host Tennessee. That's a big time thing. That is uh, a yeah, big is name school big. coming to Boone for the spring season. Good luck to the ladies on 
the the soccer field this weekend and softballs at UNC Greensboro, women's tennis at Wofford, and App State golf is App State men's golf is playing in the Georgia Southern's uh, Strutter Gus Invitational. So one more thing, we got to beat okay. them. Yep. Got to okay. beat them and got to beat Georgia Southern. And that's it for App State sports. A big weekend. Tune in AppStateSports.com. We'll have all your information. Go there. We love our Mountaineers. Uh, let's go right into shoutouts. Uh, well, okay. I'm going to just go ahead and do a quick shout-out here. Me and Noah talked about this a little bit. Uh, I'm going to go with Duke and Coach K. Uh, they're recently on a little two-game win streak, playing actually really well, surprisingly. I know we, me and him have had our doubts this year. But, hey, we I mean, we beat the brakes out, out of Wake Forest last night, 84-60. to 60. So... I really like how they're playing right now. Matt Hurt looks like he's kind of trying to show up a little bit, you know, put his, lacing his sneakers up. But also, just quick shout-out for the folks back home. Love you guys. Absolutely. Yeah, I just wanted to shout-out Luke Drumhiller, starting a second baseman on our baseball team. Played high school ball with him all the way up. Back-to-back preseason All-Americans now on the Sun Belt. Uh, he's an All-American Louisville Slugger, All-American his freshman year, and looking for more good things to come this season. Dude can rake the baseball. Yes, At one point in time, Luke Drumhiller was leading the country, I believe it was his freshman year, in doubles, triples, and home runs. Yeah. Something crazy like that. So, Luke, you know, we're really pulling for you you and the guys the rest of the year. My shout-out goes to all of my homies playing in their first weekend this this series, or this their, their first series this weekend, uh, guys at ECU, Ryder Giles, and Seth Cadell. And also, of course, our guys here on the mountain. But that's going to do it here for Sports Wrap on 90.5 WASU-FM. Brought to you by our good friends at Eggers Law Firm. Have a great night and go Mountaineers. Hello there. Hello. Wow, where did you get yours? I shared it together.